0: I think this can apply to any career. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely step out of your comfort zone. Take risk, especially when you have a large risk appetite, meaning you can do things like work for a startup if you're living at home with your parents. You don't really have to worry too much about your income. That's a good time to take risk is when you're younger. And just don't be afraid to try new things.
1: Hi, I'm your host, Jen Langdon, and welcome to Cyber Chats, a show focused on educating people of all ages about personal data care, as well as cyber career skills and pathways. Together, we'll demystify the world of cyber. Getting more cyber ed opportunities in the K-12 space is a difficult problem to troubleshoot. In this episode, we'll show how solutions can come from the students themselves. Take note from our enthusiastic and motivated teen guest and likely future chief information security officer as they share how they navigated creating and managing a school cyber club and got jobs before college.
0: Hi, I'm Sully Vickers, and so I've been in cybersecurity for about a year now. Um, I've been involved in IT pretty much all of my life. I've grown up coding and doing that sort of thing. And so I'm the founder of the Cybersecurity Club at my high school. I've given various talks at conferences. And um, now I'm an intern at Markel Group.
1: All right. Are you ready to dig into the Fast Five? Okay. What open source tool or free application have you found valuable? Not an endorsement.
0: Okay. So the open source tool I'd have to recommend is um, this is a super basic one, just the Kali Linux OS as a whole. It it has so many penetration testing tools as well as some blue teaming stuff as well.
1: That's a good one.
0: Second to that, I would include Burp Suite, which is a web Mm. application security testing tool. Um, You can do a ton of stuff with that. It's it's super complicated, but once you learn it, it can be an incredibly powerful tool.
1: Perfect. Uh, What would you make sure is installed, uninstalled on a friend or family member's device?
0: So what I would have to choose is um, TikTok. Um, So TikTok steals a ton of your data. I do have TikTok myself, a a disclaimer.
1: I can't wait to talk more about the TikTok one. Okay, number three, one thing you wish you knew before starting in your career
0: field. Probably the value of certifications as well as traditional resume experience. When I first started out, I was completely anti-college, anti um, even certification. Because I believed more in having hands-on experience doing things, I'm not shooting that down completely now but I'm saying you need a healthy balance of both because getting past certain hiring filters, you do need sometimes a college degree and specific certifications.
1: All right, number four, most valuable skill you've applied in your career.
0: Okay, so the most valuable skill I've applied in my career is troubleshooting. Um, that helps in, in and out of the job. I've gotten really good at researching over time. Um, oftentimes when you're looking into exploits or vulnerabilities, You know nothing about them and you just have to be incredibly good at googling Um, so this can help with like car issues or having issues with like your tv at home it really helps you inside and out of your career
1: awesome what's the most fun part of your work in cyber and tech
0: definitely figuring out how things work as well as discovering new vulnerabilities Um, sometimes i'll discover new vulnerabilities by accident i'll just be going through um, stuff trying different things and then randomly an exploit will work. And and that's honestly super exciting. I've always loved breaking stuff and I've always loved figuring out how things work. And doing that with technology is super amazing.
1: How did you like kind of get turned on to cybersecurity in general? Do you know what I mean? Like you found all these awesome skills and tools, but like how did you get excited about it in the first place?
0: I I was just bored one day and I Googled how to hack and I just looked it up and figured it out. 'Cause I, I thought it was cool. And so I just I just spent time and I the first thing I came across was Cali Linux really. And I just spent like a week or so trying to figure out how to do something as simple as set up a virtual machine. And then I, I went to, I moved over to CTFs, which really helped jumpstart my interest.
1: Yeah, the CTFs, um, is that like one reason why you wanted to do a cyber club at your at your high school and create one? Is it because you wanted to like have a team to participate in or like, what was the motivation there?
0: Um, th- th- there are several motivations behind that. Okay. Um, one of them being, I really enjoy cybersecurity and I I wanna sort of share that love for it with other people. Um, secondly, um, there's a really bad stigma around, around cybersecurity, meaning like hacking is bad and that sort of thing. People oftentimes will think of you as a geek and like not wanna talk to you and that sort of thing. And so I think it really was important to shed light on that cybersecurity can actually be pretty cool.
1: Or maybe that people think that like, you're a little scary because like, yeah. you can hack and stuff. I think they're, you know, that both before. of those are true. Yeah, really? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Like people in your high school thought they were like
0: afraid of you? So I, I would work well in class. So I would have like a Linux command line up, and I'd be doing something just super basic, like listing the contents of a directory and people would be like, oh my gosh, he's hacking. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> stay away from me. <laughs>
1: That's so silly, but it's also like it kind of really highlights, uh, I guess, the ignorance of like everyone, you know, the general public and, you know, our peers that like they don't know what what's going on with technology, because most people that would see that would be like, you know, oh, that's really, you know, harmless. They're just like you said, listing the files in a directory is just anything that anybody can do. And we do it all the time. Um, do you think like. Because I know we've talked before, you know, your high school doesn't have an actual cybersecurity class. Do you think you like maybe missed out on having that cyber course and you thought, you know, I can help create like the kind of same experience for myself and other peers by just doing this club?
0: Yes and no. I think I I gained a lot of valuable experience learning things on my own, especially since I learn a lot better that way. Um, I've just noticed that over time. I'm I'm completely self-taught well, majority self-taught um, as of right now. I do think a formal education can help, but oftentimes I think when you sort of introduce a concept within a school format, it can honestly turn kids off of it. Mm. Um, because you, when, when you assign something that you have to do and you're like telling a kid to do it, then they instantly just don't want to do it. Like if your mom tells you to do something, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore.
1: Yeah, there's, but there's also, uh, you know, a lot of, I know, I remember my friends in middle school or high school being like, you know, I hate teaching myself. Why do I have to teach myself this stuff? The teacher is there to teach me, not for me to teach myself. Like, what do you say to that sort of attitude?
0: Oh, I I 100% agree. I I think that teachers do play an important role. Um, It really depends on how passionate your teacher is about it, as well as how good of a teacher they are. I think that that applies to any subject you like even if even if it's like math you can hate math you can love math but it really just I think you're a large portion of your experience is determined by your teacher
1: talk to me about um burp suite because I feel like I've heard of it but I don't feel like I know 100% what it is
0: so burp suite is used for web application testing
1: that's my weakness right there web
0: application oh yeah stuff. yeah it's pretty hard burp, <laughs> burp suite is really hard just over time, you'll get used to it. So for example, when you click the refresh button on a website, what you're doing is you're sending a get request. So what that's gonna do is it's gonna give you a response with a bunch of headers, basically um, displaying what settings the site is using. So what Burp Suite can do is it'll it'll accept those requests and you can modify them. Um, or when you're sending an outgoing request, you can modify them to um, to sort of exploit the site. For example, you could do like cross site scripting or that sort of thing.
1: So you're really teaching hacking with this hacking website, web hacking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I I didn't use Burp Suite at all in my club because it's hard to convince um, your school to give you access to Burp Suite.
1: (laughs) Hey, IT department, can you let us use this website thing that helps us uh, hack websites? Yeah. I don't think that's going to go so well. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was actually really hard getting the club approved in the first place. Wait really? Yeah yeah, lots of people who would sh- try to shut it down um like the guy who worked at the help desk at our school um he was the most technical guy at our school. So the principal asked him and he's like, this is a horrible idea. let's let's not do this. <laughs> and so we ended up talking to the head of tech at the at the county where my school is um and so um so he approved it. And so he he has a really interesting background. He was an an intern at NASA at one point. He's probably one of the coolest people I've ever met. But so yeah, so he approved the club.
1: So you did a lot of the leadership with this club because again, there's I don't think there was somebody with a technical background helping you out with this, right? So what did you guys do in your in your club? Essentially you're leading them, right?
0: Yeah, so I would create presentations just going over simple Linux things um as well as different other concepts, like just like an intro to like phishing. Um, I had to do some serious digging to find a Linux command line that we could use because everything is blocked. Mm. So I ended up finding this open source thing called JS Linux. It's literally just a terminal that someone's programmed in JavaScript. It, it it's super basic, but it it got the job done. I also got in contact with a bunch of people. I had speakers come in. I had I had Bank of America. I had the Chief Technology Evangelist of Comptia he spoke. And so, yeah, I I played a major leadership role. Um, I did have one friend who was the CIO, that is what we called him of the organization. And, um, And so he just ran the social media accounts, really. It sounds
1: like you got like, a lot of really great experience, you know, with leadership with leading the club. But like, how did you network with all of these, you know, individuals in industry? Like, you're a high school kid, like, what made you think oh like if i just reach out to them like they'll come and talk to to my class no worries like how did you go about this
0: i think lots of it is the nothing to lose mentality if you go into it you can just shoot a message to someone on linkedin like what's the worst that's going to happen they'll just say no or not respond at all i don't think i've ever gotten a no normally it's just not a response or it's a yes so really there's nothing to lose so i would i would just go ahead and reach out to someone if you want to talk to them
1: how did you know like who to reach out to though, like, yeah, I think that's one thing about building a network is, um, and there are lots of books about this, there are like key individuals and key people that you, you know, you reach out to, or you see, or you begin to follow, and you find all of the other individuals, you know, in that community. So how did you know, like, where you wanted to start?
0: I honestly, um, it's just from learning about positions over time. Um, I pretty much would target executives majority of the time. Sometimes I'd run into people on accident. Um, like it'd be like a family friend would introduce me to their friend who works in cybersecurity, something something weird like that. So it wasn't always on purpose. But when it was, I would look for like CISOs or executive level or something somebody doing something that I want to do. I would just go on LinkedIn and I'd think of a company name and I'd just be like, okay, um, Bank of America CISO, Capital One CISO. Amazon CISO. Obviously, the Amazon CISO didn't respond. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was worth a shot. It was worth a shot.
0: Yeah, like the Capital One CISO, he did respond. So, um, it, it's really cool to get to talk to various different people like that.
1: So, I guess with all that experience, it really answers my question because um, we met at Besides Charm, which is the Security Besides conference that's held in Baltimore every year, and it's you know small conference, uh, cyber conference. So why did you decide to present at this conference?
0: Okay. So the original way I got into that, I looked up Jason Blanchard on LinkedIn because he does lots of talks and I wanted to get into public speaking. Mm. And so um and so I messaged him and I and we had a conversation and he suggested I try it, I submit a, a call for papers for B sides charm. Um so I did and, and I got it. So that was it just ended up like that.
1: It was just like public speaking practice for you. Is that essentially what it was? That's amazing. Awesome.
0: It builds publicity around you as well, um, which can be really good because then you'll have people that'll reach out to you and, and that can honestly build your connections in your network a lot.
1: I think that's definitely how I see the motivations for a lot of people doing those presentations is they're really looking to to network, um, to get people to see their brand, right? Uh, see who they are. So In this industry, one thing I've really found, communication skills are like key. If you have communication skills, you can kind of go anywhere. Um, So you're building that comfort, getting in front of people. What else are you doing, like moving forward to build that skill? Or are you shifting away to focus on other things?
0: I used to be super introverted. And so honestly, what I did is I would just do things that get me outside of my comfort zone. Like public speaking is completely out of my comfort zone. I've never done it before. Um, And then I went and just gave a talk in front of a a big room of people. And so just pushing yourself to do things that you wouldn't normally do can help a lot with building communication skills as well as just general soft skills. Um, That would be my biggest piece of advice to build up communication in the career field.
1: In the second half, we dive into Sully's responses from the Fast Five about why you should not have TikTok and his feelings about college and certifications. So are you like, do you do a lot of social media or do you, you know, you mentioned you're on TikTok. So maybe this is the time we talk about TikTok.
0: <laughs> um, I'll post like here and there on Instagram. All my stuff's like private. Really, the main social media I'll do is LinkedIn. LinkedIn. then Twitter but I I rarely check Twitter it's mainly just LinkedIn um (laughs) YouTube I guess sort of counts as a social media I don't like post videos or anything um but yeah on, on TikTok I just go into the doom scroll and I'll just scroll for hours it's it's horrible
1: well I'm looking at this link that you sent um is it Chris Roberts on TikTok
0: yeah yeah so it's it's a mind map on t- TikTok, so basically it goes through and it shows you all the companies that TikTok connects to. I'm pretty sure TikTok is owned by ByteDance, I believe is what it's called. Does it say that in there?
1: Musically, ByteDance is over here in green.
0: Yeah. So Musically is like the old TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to see.
1: I know it's really hard
0: to see. It's so big. It takes so many. It takes so much of your data.
1: Okay. So here's here's you. Here's your phone. Clipboard actions. It can copy. Content from your clipboard?
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you copy something, it, it has that.
1: <laughs> Read and copy all of your contacts. Well, I mean, that might be necessary if you want to find friends on TikTok, which so that's not really different, I don't think, from like Facebook or anybody yeah, else, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, but TikTok sort of takes the the um, intrusiveness from other social media platforms. It just takes it a step up, honestly. I think
1: microphone recording audio. Yeah. I don't know if you need to read content off the SD card or keystroke patterns and rhythms like that's really because keystroke patterns are really individual. The way that we type our name and the way that we type our words is going to be different from person to person. So like that's, I feel like that's really intimate and definitely unnecessary. <laughs> the phone itself.
0: This your your is cool. longitude, latitude and time zone. I mean, that makes a little bit of sense. Um,
1: Well, it depends
0: though, like TikTok, I feel like it's different from like Facebook or
1: Twitter, like a lot of those apps let you like check in and whatnot. There's not going to be like the, you know, the TikTok from your local Chick-fil-A wants you to check in. I don't think that that's happening. What do you need your location for?
0: Maybe to like show you friends nearby.
1: Ah, maybe, yeah, like local businesses and stuff. I'm sure there's ad things as well, right? But you don't need your precise latitude and longitude to find that.
0: It can show all the apps that are currently running on your phone, read home screen settings. It can change your audio settings, badge notifications. That could be kind of dangerous. Like I I imagine if like like your bank, like a bank notification pops up, then TikTok can see that. I don't know if that would be great. (laughs) Like, for example, like imagine if a hacker got it got access to like broke into TikTok and stole all all data from all TikTok users. That would be honestly, I think, pretty insane. They would have so much information.
1: That's well, and it's all linked to one person. Yes, it's all in like one place. Yeah, I think that's definitely the disconcerting part for me, for sure. So TikTok, social media, Gen Z, you're saying is at home, like listening to all these things. And that's how they're shaping their view, their world. I think from my view, like I'm a millennial. So how I view the world, you know, like we were told, well, you're going to have to go to college. Like you have, it was a societal thing. Like, here's the path. You do this, you'll go there. You do this, you, you can't go there. You know, it's really that simple cut and dry. And so everyone is, you know, oh my God, we have to, we have to get into college. Oh my God, we have to do all these different things. I'm like, you know, I feel like it's super stressful about all of that. So do you still feel that stress? I mean, you're not attending college right away. And our fast five, you were like, oh, man, I used to be anti-college.
0: Yeah, so I I definitely do feel that stress a little bit. Just finding jobs is a little tough because I'm trying to organize a job for after this internship. And it's a little tough without having a college degree because I'll I'll talk to someone. They'll be like, hey, I'll put a good word in for you, but it's going to be a little bit harder because you don't have a college degree especially with looking at like government contracting, that's a little bit trickier because the government really looks for uh, college degrees.
1: Well, they're really, I know they're easing the um, requirements, the government, uh, because they're like, oh, well, you could have a two year, you know, associates degree. That's, that's going to be cool, but that's still a college degree. So what you're saying is you're encountering that as an obstacle. Oh, definitely. But you've done so much. I feel like, you know, to get a job even as a 17-year-old, like, because you used to work for Meta CTF, right?
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I started out in Meta CTF of January, 2023, and I worked there until about June, um, just doing remote contracting work just here and there. It was never super high hours, but it it gave me that experience that I needed, um, as well as put some gas in the tank. And then I transferred over to Markel, where I am now.
1: I'm just curious because I feel like there's so many obstacles in this career field sometimes to getting the job. And you actually have job experience, which a lot of people don't have. So it's kind of like you almost have the inverse problem right now, Sully.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah, no, I do.
1: <laughs> it's not it's not the worst problem. I feel like there's, you know, there's definitely a lot you can do. So moving forward, like what are you thinking about in terms of certifications and stuff? What do you see as the path?
0: I'm working on SANS Foundations right now. I scheduled yeah. my exam for September 12th. Um, and then after that, I have a Security Plus voucher. Um, nice. So I'm going to work on Security Plus. Um, and then I may go to Western Governors University. We'll have to see. Just because that is a more non-traditional college, it, um, it's self-paced, which I like. So I could work full time and then do that in the evenings, as well as um, some of the certifications I'll get will substitute for, for courses within the, the degree.
1: So what is your like career goal? You're sitting there, you've achieved your goal and you're like, wow, that, this is where I've wanted to end up. What is that?
0: Probably CISO. Okay. CISO is my end goal. Yeah. CISO or some very executive level position. I really enjoy management type activities.
1: Awesome. So In closing, what have you learned that you want to pass on to other people, not just in your generation, but in general about your journey so far?
0: I think this can apply to any career. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely step out of your comfort zone. Um, Take risk, especially when you have a large risk appetite, meaning you can do things like work for a startup if you're living at home with your parents. You don't really have to worry too much about your income. That's, That's a good time to take risk is when you're younger and just don't be afraid to try new things.
1: Sully, it was so awesome having you on the show. Yeah, thanks. I'm so glad we got to talk and connect. We're definitely going to uh, keep in touch. Ready to model yourself after Sully? You can be a part of Sully's powerful network on LinkedIn, and you can start on your path to cyber greatness by participating in our free cyber challenges hosted on Meta CTF. You can find it all in the show notes. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at ncfcyber and sign up for updates on our website to get news about when episodes drop, when challenges open and close, and submit your original questions for our guests. What are you waiting for? Visit cryptologicfoundation.org forward slash podcast. Subscribe to Cyber Chats on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And don't forget to leave us a five star review. Thank you to our sponsor, the Chilton Foundation, and our challenges sponsor, MetaCTF. This is a production of the National Cryptologic Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization.